Um, but all in all, the business is the mission. So an example of that would be we, we do three big international race events per year. So we've got some mountain bike races and trail running races. Um, our January race had over 400 people at it. Um, in June, we had a much smaller mountain bike race, but it's four days long, and we had just 23 riders, which was not so bad in a, in a COVID year. Um, but these are, these are big events that generally people come for a year and then they don't come back again. Um, it, it's probably not geared towards evangelism in the way that our agricultural trainings might be. It's geared towards revenue production. But there are also some, some great benefits. There are some great reasons we've built those races into the business model, and I, I think I'll talk about those in a, in a minute when we get to uh, why this works for us. But, but yeah, so we're different than tent making um, because the, the business not only funds the mission, but it is the mission. So how does BAM improve upon our more traditional strategies for mission? So I've, I've made four slides here, and each one is just gonna talk a little bit. We, we give a few reasons that, um, that the shift to, to BAM is useful for us. So in terms of missiology, I think um, specifically interesting to me here is the third bullet point. It provides a context for discipleship and mentoring specifically for those individuals who would at least initially not be involved in a traditional church. So two groups come to mind for me here, uh, maybe even three groups. Um, one is uh, Tanzania is 50% Muslim. And most, most Muslims that we meet are not going to come to a church service or a Bible study um, to, to begin working with us. But uh, they're happy to come to a mountain bike race um, or a running race or to one of our other activities, an agricultural farm. Uh, the same thing you would, I suppose you, you might not be surprised, but I, would, I was going to say you would be surprised at how many expats there are living in Arusha, the new city we've moved to, who would not necessarily want to call themselves Christian. But they grew up as Christians. They still want to describe themselves as religious, but they've been hurt by the church, or they at least perceive that the church has hurt them, and they're unwilling to come to a, to a, to a church setting. Another group would be potentially just youth in general. Um, we can get youth into sports activities really easily, and we can do that through the business, and those youth might not have shown up for, for something that's, that's specifically and explicitly church. Um, another thing I'm excited about is this last bullet point. Uh, we can model for local evangelists a more sustainable approach to their own work. Um, this has been a big issue for us for 12 years in Tanzania, is sustainability in order to have reproducibility. So when, when you're doing a church plant, um, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of missions will say, we're going to build a, a new church for you. And we're going to build a building. So we're going to build this building for you, and then people will come. Or we're going to pay the, we're going to pay the pastor's salary, and then people will come. Uh, we've not done that in our mission so far. And we've not done that because we think it hinders, we think it hinders reproducibility. If, if we need to build a church building and pay a pastor's salary for every new group of believers then the speed at which we can multiply, the speed at which we can grow and scale our successes is dependent completely on our, our, on our, on our bank account, which is dependent completely upon um, our, our fundraising, which is dependent in large part upon how many months we spend in the U.S. raising money instead of living in Tanzania. 
Um, so, so we've decided we're, we're not going to do that. Um, so most of our evangelists, most of our, our preachers are, are vocational. They're, they're working themselves to fund themselves uh, in order to do what they do. And so it's really been a struggle for me for the past 12 years to get in front of a group and talk about mission work, talk about evangelism, talk about agriculture development, talk about much of anything, and stress sustainability when my job was the least sustainable of any person in the room. Because all my money was coming from the U.S., and it's only going to last 8 to 10 years or 12 years or whatever it is. And, and that's really bothered me. And so I thought this is a, a, great, a great opportunity for us to train evangelists in vocational ministry using agriculture or even sport. But also, I'm finally going to model what I've, I've said I wanted to do all along. Um, this, next, this next group of benefits is influence. Um, Obviously, as, as, our success, as our success grows in business, um, we become more influential. Our sphere of influence grows. Um, it, it can't really be overstated how much my sphere of influence is currently growing based on really just the last six months of, of working hard towards growing a business in Tanzania. So I now have multiple global sporting brands that you would recognize, bicycle companies, that are now that are now emailing with me regularly, um, that are coming to visit, making documentaries about our race and how we fund agriculture development. People with whom I'd, I'd never have spoken before and people who are, who are even, even more uh, expanding my reach. Um, government officials are asking for my phone number because they want to partner on tourism projects. Uh, I'm being asked to uh, assist in, in building of, of eco-lodges and supplying sports, uh, kind of sports considerations to eco-lodges by people who never would have, would, have, would have spoken with me before. I'm getting emails from people who say, hey, we heard if we want to cycle on Mount Kilimanjaro, you're the expert to talk to. I'm not the expert to talk to. <laughs> but, but I'm still getting those emails. So my sphere of influence is growing, and it's, it's really remarkable how just doing something well in business grows that sphere of influence. Um, let's go to the, new, the next slide. Uh, in terms of finances, uh, bullet point number three is probably the one I'm most interested in in talking about. Um, we can scale or maximize our impact without additional long-term funding from the U.S. So we've had a lot of success in the last 12 years with our work, but scaling that work is, is really difficult. Despite that we're not building buildings and paying, and paying pastors, we're, we're largely dependent on how much work I can do in a week. And so I don't have a staff underneath me. If I did want to put a staff underneath me and we wanted to train other people to do what I'm doing, it would take additional fundraising. And essentially, the scale of our successes would, would just require continual and constant fundraising. Whereas if we can do it with a business model and it's for profit, then we can scale um, ourselves within our business and we'll even have a staff there in country to do the things that we're, that we're wanting, to, wanting to do. Um, yeah, let's go to the next slide. Oh, no, go back, go back to finances real quick. I'll mention here, because I, I, should, I should mention this. Um, we've, actually done, we've actually done fairly well. We've, what we've done is we've pitched to all of our churches that have supported us in the past and to a group of individuals. We've said we're going to have a five-year transition to fully fund ourselves and all of our work in Tanzania. In Tanzania. So we're taking five years to get there. Uh, we couldn't scale the business quickly enough to cover... 
uh, salary and school fees and of course the projects themselves that we're running because we don't want the projects we're running which we currently have work fund money for we don't want those projects to end because we're starting a business so we've we've essentially asked for help uh, to transition over five years so we have uh, a few people who have committed for the next five years we have some people who have committed to to give for the next five years but decreasing 20 percent a year um, and anyway we have a number of people who are who are going to help us do that we're basically at a point now Christy um, it's been a real ans answer to our prayers. Christy got a job teaching English at a school, an international school in Arusha town. So the new city Arusha that we've just moved to, Christy will be teaching there. That gets our kids' education paid for. So our kids now have uh, middle and high school that they can attend. Um, however long we're there, they can attend that school while Christy's teaching, and then it even gives us a little bit of income. So we're at a point now where uh, very little funding, and mostly even in the, in the form of some personal loans, will essentially make us lifelong missionaries wherever we go, provided the business is, is successful and it seems to be going the right direction. Um, additionally, I guess that's all I really need to report on that. But um, yeah, so in terms of, in terms of the government, um, the government is really pleased with this move. Uh, I won't say that sending an independent missionary to do evangelism to Tanzania or Africa is a completely like dead strategy, but it's it's nearing it's nearing that. Tanzania doesn't want missionaries to show up and be missionaries. Uh, you could be hired by a church in Tanzania to come and be an employee of that church, and they they'll welcome that. But but showing up and, and doing missions the way it's traditionally been done, I would say over the last. 60 years, it, it's, it's, it's kind of on its way out in terms of what governments allow. Um, the Tanzanian government is really happy that we'll be uh, employing people, that we'll be improving the economy, we'll be bringing in tourists and, and people for our races. So, um, so it, it's an easier way for us to get work permits. Um, I don't know how much we've I don't know how much we've really, we've really expressed through our email newsletters or, or told our churches how difficult it's been getting work permits every two years, but it's been increasingly difficult to the extent that over the last year um, of the kind of the, the missionaries who have come out of a Church of Christ background in Tanzania, I think half have left, half, Christy? have left Tanzania in the last year or are making plans to leave right now because it's become so difficult to stay in country. Um, I think we're one of two families who have decided to become investors and start businesses in order to stay. And then uh, a couple of families have gotten jobs as, as teachers. But essentially staying the way we were, were in country previously is not an option any longer. So um, that's another good reason to do this. Um, I think, Kyle, let's just skip to, uh, there's a slide that has a chart from traditional missionary to catalytic leader. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to leave this chart up here while, while I, I give you six or eight slides worth of information while this is, it sits here so you can read through it. Uh, essentially, we're functioning as outside leaders in Tanzania, which means that we are outsiders there as a resource for the Tanzanians and their Christian movements. And that's, and that's the way we're looking at missions at this point. So we're looking to be a peer. Uh, we're looking to be, to be catalysts 
that are involved in a movement, but that are not responsible for the movement, that are not seen as, as the people uh, being in charge of the movement. So this is kind of what we're doing. So it's a shift to outside catalytic leadership, which essentially is very similar to what we've been doing. But when doing it as a business, it, it, actually, it actually makes a lot of these things easier. So in a business, I would never do an initial training and leave it that way. Of course, I'm going to do continued and, and, and mutual mentoring and, and coaching um, with employees and other businesses with, with whom we're partnering. So essentially, we're, just, we're finding that it's easier to be a catalytic leader through business in Tanzania right now than, than, it, is, than it is with the right or wrong the perceived authority that a missionary figure is given by showing up in Tanzania as a missionary. Um, that's been something that's been difficult to overcome. Uh, if you want to talk to me more about the catalytic leadership, I've left most of that out of our talk today. Um, let's go to reflections. I'll just leave you with a few reflections now. Um, I want to ask you to reflect, actually. They're not my reflections. Um, essentially, if, if, if Christianity is living Christ by sacrificing myself in order to bear someone else's responsibilities or burdens in order to redeem the world around us through Christ, then, then I just want to leave you to think about these two things uh, for this week. Uh, one, who in your community has a burden you can bear? How can you sacrifice this week to make life better for them? And can you accompany your service with words that will announce the kingdom? That's one thing I'd like for you to consider. I'd like you to write down an, a name even, if you can think of one. Jot it down on an envelope or a piece of paper that you've got. Um, I'd like to challenge you to make this about obedience and practice and not about knowledge. Um, we're not just, you know, we're, our goal isn't to tell you our, our mission, you know, our strategies for mission as much as to, to influence you to, to think about your own strategies for mission. Uh, second question, what in your community needs redeeming? And how can you sacrifice this week to participate in that redemption? Um, I'm going to say a prayer, and then I will turn this over to whoever's next. Um, but I'm just going to say a prayer, leave you guys with that. I am happy to talk more about the businesses that we're starting, uh, the models that we're using. I'm happy to talk more about that, but I, I didn't want to take the time to do that here. But Christy and I will be around um, after service today, and we're happy to discuss those things. If you want to talk mountain biking, running... Uh, agriculture, if you want to talk about the actual Bible study methods we're using, we're happy to talk about those things. Uh, if you want to ask Christy about school, uh, she's been busy putting lesson plans together uh, to start in August. So, and if you want to talk to our kids about the improvement that they believe going to a school will be over having their mom teach them at home, <laughs> they, they might be willing to say, they might be willing to say, let me pray. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for your love. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for Christ who came to sacrifice himself to bear our burdens in order to redeem us and the world around us. We pray that we'll live Christ in our communities. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen.